This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Addie. And I'm Tommy. And you're listening to Series 2, Episode 11 A Man Without Honor. And let's kick it off with some announcements. Uh, first and most exciting is that we're going to Gen Con. Yes. So if you're going to be at Gen Con Indie, definitely keep tabs on our social media. We'll be posting uh, where we're hanging out and playing um, and come and join us. The entire cast of Series 2 will be there. That is true. Second announcement, as of this episode, we are over halfway through Series 2, which means we are starting to collect your questions for our post-game chatter, which uh, we get the whole cast together after we've finished recording all of the episodes and answer your questions. Anything that you might have, uh, anything from character creation to mechanics to how we felt about things. So submit those questions to fanmail at essentialnpcs.com or message us on Facebook, direct message to Twitter, whatever. Reach out to us. Let us know what your questions are. If you submit a question for post-game chatter, we will answer it. We've already gotten a few questions, uh, and we're looking forward to more. So keep sending them, guys. And with that, let's move into words with the GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. This is words with the GM about Series 2, Episode 10, Helter Skelter. Which was a very exciting and jam-packed episode, I think. Yeah. Uh, the second half of the uh, combat with the bounty hunters. Though not all of us were in combat. This is true. Um, I intentionally created a very difficult situation for uh, you guys to overcome. Uh, I had Bumbles kidnapped uh, with uh, little chance for him to uh, counter it. Um, and then I put you guys up against some well-equipped and, he- and highly skilled individuals. Um, and I felt a little guilty, uh, specifically for Bumbles, uh, being entirely taken out of the equation. I, I uh, admit I expected um, you guys to somehow wake up Spot and the Swarm, and then I was going to uh, hopefully ha- give him a chance to use his Swarm in a combat situation. Um, but you guys didn't feel, didn't really have the means to do that, and... Uh, you went in uh, without his swarm, and then he was just kind of trapped in that van for a while. <laughs> um, so later, uh, near the end of the episode, when he finally uh, broke free, uh, thanks to a little deus ex machina with the uh, spirits, um, and he wanted to jump into the car and pull like a fishtail maneuver to crash through the uh, building and knock out the guy who was fighting Doc... Um, I kind of gave it to him. Uh, <laughs> not to say I gave it to him, you know, completely. Like if he had rolled a glitch, then he would have rolled a glitch. You know, something bad would have happened. But a vehicle test like that, not rigged into the vehicle, but just using the manual control, manual controls on a vehicle, uh, two hits probably wouldn't normally count that as a success. Uh, but 
there's kind of this thing when you're the GM and you uh, sideline one of the characters really hard and uh, kind of take some of their agency away from them. I feel like you got to give back. <laughs> and I think, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that that's a, a pretty uh, standard experience GM tactic uh, where like um, all of a sudden Boomer and Kashmir are out of the fight. Uh, yeah. And like you have to compensate with that with, like you said, the deus ex machina um, spirits being like, oh, look, there's not a sniper for you to worry about. <laughs> yeah. But like we've said before, uh, I don't want to pull my punches and I'm totally for uh, character death being a possibility. But it feels cheapened when... Uh, the character death is so unavoidable. And I realized that I, I had overtuned this encounter just a bit. So uh, these people you were fighting, given just a couple bad roles for you guys, they would just win. Like you were, you were screwed. Um, and uh, that was evident when um, the mage rolled really well at the beginning of this episode uh, to put a dent in both Boomer and Kashmir, and then I gave them a chance to uh, not be surprised by the sniper shooting at them so that they could roll a dodge test, and they both whiffed on that uh, surprise test. So the sniper shot at them, and it didn't even matter how many hits he rolled. He was using a Barrett. The amount of damage he output, it was going to take him out. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I did feel slightly guilty for shooting them, <laughs> or for taking them down, but also... I didn't just put you guys up against a highly skilled, well-equipped team for the hell of it. It was a way to get some awesome gear to you guys. Yeah, that was a super rewarding fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a new deck, which I was never going to get um, as mouse through the campaign. Um, no, that was a very expensive deck. That was very... I mean, and it was only the next one up. Yeah. Um, but Kashmir got his, like, spell casting... Uh, counterspelling. Counterspelling. I don't know magic. Um, counterspelling focus, um, which made him, like, even more of a badass with, like, negation magic. And then... Yeah. I mean, I tried to give you guys each something that you would want, uh... So that was the point of it. I was like, well, how do they get cool gear if they can't just buy it? They're going to have to face some opponents that have this cool gear. and We're going to have to win it. Who are the people that are going to have that cool gear? The people who are better than us. The people who are better than you guys, yeah. Though I would say that their hacker was definitely not as good as me. <laughs> yeah, if Mouse sneaks up on someone in the, in the Matrix, she can just take him out real hard. She's got a mean data spike on her. <laughs> That's what Code Slinger's for. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, I think it was, uh, entertaining and I, and I do like creating situations that are legitimately tense and, uh, difficult to overcome. I was super worried the whole time with, with Doc in the mix. So it was definitely tense for me. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's, that's what I aim to uh, provide is, uh, is compelling action. Um, but what was, uh, your favorite part as a player through this session? Um, I usually, I try not to pick mouse uh, parts as my favorite part. Um, but my favorite part of this episode definitely has to do with mouse. It's, um, when after all is said and done and the, um, you know, dust settles, uh, the medical arms, uh, <laughs> come down and, uh, you know, like 
stick the narco jet in the orc and is like, yeah, the orc. And then they like retract because it took them that long to like figure it out. (laughs) But it was like, it's cool because like, I thought that was a really good idea and to have it pay off, even if it didn't pay off when I needed it to was really, um, was really like warm and fuzzy feeling for me. Yeah. And like I said, in the previous words with the DM, uh, I really liked, uh, that you did that and I wanted to give you a payoff even if it didn't happen in combat because it was just, it was such a great idea and it's just, you know, they're dumb surgical arms that don't know how to handle a combat situation so they're sitting there trying to figure out uh, well, please remain still while I try to <laughs> inject you with narco-jet. And, like, all it would have taken would have been, like, for the combat to go long enough for, like, the dude to, like, step back and, like, kind of size dock up and then, you know, get injected. Like, it was going to happen. It was just a matter of how long the combat went on. What about you? What was your favorite moment? Really, it would be uh, the payoff of giving you guys those rewards. Um, it was important to me that uh, you felt like you earned uh, – this high end gear that I was giving you guys. And, uh, so all of you definitely like I could sense that you were feeling like completely cornered and completely helpless. And that like, this was like a fight you weren't going to win. Um, and like when you do that as a GM, like there is like a certain like level of like people looking at you being like, okay, we trusted you to like do this story with us, but now you're just like murdering us. Is this just, is this just fun for you? Like being, like being a murder machine and just killing your players. And, uh, uh, it, it was nice to then like after like that little bit of uncertainty, uh, in all the players position in the game, uh, for them to just like get these rewards and how like relieved and happy you guys were like, yes. Like it felt like it was like, that's when you guys were like, that fight was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's nice. It's nice to, you know, put your, put your players through uh, a tough situation and then reward them appropriately and see how like satisfied they are with the entire experience. Uh, you know, that, that's when I was like, okay, yes, this fight was hell for them, but they, at, they walk away from this like happy. And so I did well. <laughs> um, I would like to say as honorable mention, um, boomers like post death dialogue <laughs> was pretty awesome too. Yeah. <laughs> you're not supposed to be able to talk when you're in your damage overflow, but covert just started doing it. And I was like, all right, let's see what he has to say. And then it was just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. So, but, uh, with that, uh, I think it's time we move on forward to series two, episode 11, a man without honor. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Mouse. I'd tell you all about me, except I don't remember it. The first thing I can remember is waking up in Doc's clinic a year and a half ago. Doc's a big, scary-looking troll, but he saved me from dying that night and took me in. Really, he's a big softie. I mean, he's not soft, but he's nice. And since he took me in, he's kind of felt like my dad, if I had a dad, which I don't, I don't think. But I do have a little sister, Sierra, and that's where things get complicated. I didn't even know she existed until Doc brought her to the clinic. He told me that a man died to save her from wherever she was and that we had to hide her away. It cost a lot of money that I didn't have, and I'm pretty sure that Doc called in a lot of favors to make her safe. I've always owed Doc for making me a part of his family, but now I owe him a lot more. 
I wasn't sure how I was going to pay him back until recently. That's when I found out about the Matrix. And I just get it. It's so fun to go in and fly around and break the rules. And apparently, that's what makes a good decker. And I'm a really good decker. So now I've got a way to pay Doc back for saving me and Sierra by shadow running. He isn't too happy about it, but he would never tell me what I can't do. And even though I'm bad at telling what people are thinking or feeling, I like to think that sometimes when I come back from a successful run, he's proud of me. I was born Edwin Corva, a dryad, but you can call me by my street name, Bumbles. I spent much of my life in England evading the ire of my father. I earned it first for mum's death and childbirth, which to this day, I contend is much more his fault than mine. When I turned 18, he put me to work in his factory, so he could both keep an eye on and berate me. Unfortunately for him, my attempts to upgrade the assembly line resulted in a large explosion, completely wrecking the factory. I decided to flee to the countryside where I ended up at a small university. There I made the friends I never had as a child, but presenting myself as a fellow student got out of hand and I ended up unofficially attending university for the next three years. That is until another experiment of mine went awry and I accidentally detonated the entire chemistry department. Knowing this would draw the attention of my father, I quickly left the country. My expeditious retreat put me in debt, however, and I was put to work as a shadow runner to pay it off. Turns out, I'm quite the talented rigger, and folks now pay me to blow things up. I'm meeting interesting people, making friends, and acquiring more money than I could have ever dreamed of. I got my own car. I was even able to soup it up a bit. My only regret is that I didn't come to Seattle sooner. Oh, um, hi. My name is Sora Matasara, uh, but on the streets I go by Kashmir. Uh, I'm a 20-year-old human living in the Bellevue neighborhood of Seattle. Uh, I grew up in Japan, tutored in magic at the insistence of my... my father, uh, a higher-up at Mitsuhama Computer Technologies. Uh, it wasn't the best time in my childhood. Between my mother leaving us and uh, the rigorous magical tutoring provided by my father's company, as well as well, my father in general, at least I always had my spirits. Um, I didn't get to have any real metahuman friends growing up, but my spirits were all the friends I needed. Eventually, I wanted to take my magic and my spirits and, and test them on the streets, but my very first run went very horribly wrong, and I had to leave Japan. But now I'm here in Seattle, uh, going on runs, doing karaoke with my spirits, uh, just living the life. Oh, and why Kashmir? Uh, well, it gets quite chilly at night, and apparently I'm the only person in the shadows who recognizes the value of a good cardigan. <laughs> Their loss. Hoi, chummers. They call me Puma. Not sure if it's because I'm an Aussie or if it has something to do with my work. Meh. Anyway, my job's to either shoot Drek, chop it up, or break into it. <laughs> You'd be surprised how stealthy a big red Oni can be. Now, I've gone and pissed off the Vori, my former employers, so I've been keeping a low profile. 
A Yakuza boss I was hired to kill, Yama, is now my best friend and fixer. Long story there, mate. He's been keeping me busy, finding me work, keeping the Vori off me back. Thanks, mate. I may be on the run, but I enjoy getting to be my own man. So, it's time to raise some hell and geek some hoops. Look out, Seattle. It's Boomer time! The last time we left our team, Bumbles had been kidnapped in broad daylight by some very well-equipped uh, bounty hunters. Um, he managed to trick them into going to Doc's clinic. Uh, they thought they, that Bumbles was taking them to Boomer, who was their target. The team had a very harrowing combat experience um, fighting off these bounty hunters, um, but managed to take them out and uh, in the process collected some neat gear from said bounty hunters. They then started to look into who these people were and why they were after Boomer, um, and it turns out that they were hired by Boomer's old mentor, Mikhail, who uh, apparently has been acting outside of the Vori, uh, hiring third-party bounty hunters to track down Boomer and take him out. Um, Also... Strangely, in his messages to these bounty hunters, Mikhail mentioned that they would, after taking care of Boomer, that they would go after the 66, which the team presumes means Havoc 66, an organization that they've nearly come into contact with before. The team has not quite decided uh, what they're going to do with this information. Um, They immediately rested uh, given the fact that two of them nearly died. Um, Bumbles has gone back home uh, to rest. Uh, Boomer and Kashmir were hit with a half a dose of Narcojet from uh, courtesy of Mouse to nice. knock them out because they were being a little excitable with their plans to deal with Mikhail. Um, they needed the rest. So uh, no one's doing anything else that evening, right? Well, I reappropriate the deck. Right, that doesn't then, take much time. And then make sure that Kresslin is installed properly. Yep, so you, you have your new deck. Uh, Boomer is uh, curled up on a gurney, uh, hugging his uh, his new Barrett sniper rifle <laughs> that he collected from the bounty hunters. Pretty adorable. Um, uh, that's a word for it. Kashmir is asleep in a bed that's kind of small for him, uh, which is in Mouse's room. Um unknowingly bonding with his uh, new counterspelling <laughs> focus uh, that he took from the mage. And, uh, yeah, the next day, people start waking up. I get up very early. I know. Uh, you, uh, Doc, uh, goes <laughs> to check. Doc goes to check on the, uh, on the car that you and him uh, stowed away, and he finds you inside the, uh, uh, inside the garage that you guys st- uh, hid it in. And there is not much of this car left. Yeah, the car is very designed. Oh, man, you uh, you get up early. Well, when I'm excited, I get to work quickly. All right. Well, I saw you. I saw that's that's your car out there. And he points at Spot. Uh, well, I thought I would have brought Spot inside. Yeah, that's right. Right. He's like, so this is your car here then? Well, this is Spot. Yes. Yeah, it's a hell of a vehicle. Am I done yet? Uh, no, no, you're not quite done yet. You're still tinkering. 
Okay. Yes, it is a hell of a vehicle. I goes, all right, well, I'll have some breakfast at the clinic whenever you're done. All right, I'll be by soon. And he closes the garage door and um, goes back. Uh, Mouse, you wake up in a morgue chute, right? Is that where you went to sleep? Where did you go to sleep? On the um, couch? Yeah. On the couch. All right, you wake up on the couch. Uh, Cashmere, you wake up, uh, your, your feet hanging off the end of a bed. Um, I don't know what Mouse's room is decorated like. It's covered in parts of old technology, and then there's some posters, like retro posters of some bands that have cool blue hair. (laughs) But basically, just like it's a weird mix of like mechanics and and like parts and stuffed animals, and like (laughs) um, everything's like really like white or blue, and um. There's a really comfortable chair that reclines. He looks around at the posters of the blue hair people and goes, I did not know so many Deckers were in bands. <laughs> if you happen to look in the closet, you just see the same set of clothes like four or five times. <laughs> but there's only there's no pairs of shoes. There's there's only the gray pants and then like the hoodies. Boomer, you wake up on a clinic gurney, uh, hugging your... stretch, and I roll over to my rifle, and I say, Did you sleep well, honey? (laughs) Uh, And and you hear, Yes, Mr. Redman, I slept very well. You sleep, Ah, you snore. ah, (laughs) (laughs) As Welby is standing there next to the gurney. (laughs) Oh, friggin' hell, kid. Can't just sneak up on a man like that. You, you snore very loud. It was hard to sleep, but I managed to get enough sleep. Oh, I'm sorry. But it's okay. It's much quieter than the harvester screaming. Uh, that's depressing. I'm going to go home now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got something I got to do real quick. So Boomer heads home and uh, starts breaking out some pans and some flour and eggs and such. Oh, could you give me a ride? <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you a ride. So, uh, you know what you said yesterday. Not about the plate idea. Looking back, that's actually really bad. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't uh, know what I was thinking. I think the trauma got to our heads. But uh, you're a good runner, Cash. I don't want you to get down on yourself. Plus, you got all your friends here. That's that's all really good to hear you say. Oh, that's good. Ever try running off like that again, I'll break your legs. <laughs> <laughs> That's not as good to hear you say, but I'll see you later, Puma. No, get out of the car. I don't even think I'm in front of my house. I <laughs> <laughs> like, a red light two blocks away. Like, goodbye. <laughs> oh, but your house is... <laughs> oh, all right. And I get home and I start pulling out pans and stuff. And I uh, get to work. Oh, can I visit my talismanga? Yeah, you could. Oh, well, I guess first I need to visit a pawn shop or some sort of antique shop. <laughs> uh, there's a few in Bellevue, yeah. Somewhere I could get an old gun? Like, how old a gun? <laughs> like something without a chip in it. Roll negotiation for me. Sure. That's one hit. <laughs> okay. Uh, you look around, you find some antique shops. You don't seem to be able to find anything that has what you're looking for as far as, like, a pistol, an really? old, an old timey pistol. I mean, those things are almost relics at this point. Yeah. Uh, were you contacting your talismonger? Um, sure. I'll contact my talismonger. All right. What's your talismonger's name? Oh, Etienne. He runs a boutique talismongery. You, uh, you call him up. 
Etienne's Fineries, how can I help you? Oh, hello, Etienne. How are you? Who's this? Oh, it's Cashmere. Oh, Cashmere. It's been a while. Yes, I could use, um, a focus. All right. What kind of focus are you looking for? Um, this sounds like an odd question, but uh, I, I sort of, I want a combat spell focus. Any chance I could get that in the shape of an old gun? Any gun, really, but I understand the older ones will work better because they don't have chips in them? Yes, I, don't, I definitely don't have any uh, currently enchanted old weaponry. Um, mm. Just your typical rings, circlets, a knife or two. Ooh, a ring sounds fun. A ring? Yes. Is it green? Uh, let me see. Yes, it does have an emerald in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that will do just, just nicely. All right, I'll, uh, I'll put uh, your name on it, and you can come in and pick it up. Great, thank you so much. We'll see you then. Uh, you go, and uh, it's going to cost you... It's a, it's a rating five. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one with the emerald is a rating five. <laughs> spell, uh, combat spell casting focus, yes. right? Yeah. So you go, it's going to cost you uh, 27,000. I can do that. So you're doing that with your day, Bumbles, you're tinkering away, you're almost done. Uh, as soon as I'm done, I'm heading back to the clinic. Okay, cool. Uh, Boomer, you went back home, you're doing something with pots and pans. Uh, Mouse, what are you up to? Everyone left me? Uh, Bumbles is there. Bumbles and Doc are there. Doc just made some food. It's like lunchtime now. I'm heading back. By the time I woke up, was everybody back? or No, uh, when you woke up, Bumbles wasn't there. Um, but Doc was like, he's in... Told you that he's in the garage down the block. Okay. At this point, Mouse feels like everyone left at a very important crux. Like, (laughs) she doesn't understand why everyone went away. Like, maybe she did something wrong. Because it's happened before. Um, And so maybe she can fix it. So she wants to contact um, the Vori guy. Mikhail? Yeah. You're going to reach out to Mikhail? Right. But she can't lie. And so, but she doesn't want to, like, tell the whole truth. It's not that she wants to lie to him. But, like, so, like, how far does the whole, like, lying extension thing happen? Basically, like, can she, like, craft a text that says that she has proof? Of Boomer's... Well, are you sending it as you, or are you using one of the dead person's comlinks? One of their comlinks. You can do that. You can forge. Okay. Forgery is different from conning. Okay. You did that with the violet dogs. Okay. So, mission concluded, time of meet. Okay. I guess. I mean, because there's a location, but there's no meet time, right? Right. It's just the location you can meet them at once the job is finished. Yeah. You send that message, you go and brush your teeth. Uh, I do have very good dental hygiene. And then your, uh, the, not your phone, uh, the dead person's phone mm-hmm. uh, blinks on and it has another message uh, from Mikhail's number. Mm-hmm. It says one hour. I pack up my things. Uh, How long does it take to get there? <laughs> this, this, so this, this meet is in Auburn. Um, so it's kind of similar to like driving to Tacoma as far as time goes. It's going to be like 25 minutes, 30 minutes driving. Sure. So she would go downstairs, say hi to Doc. Hey. Good morning. Breakfast? Yep. Already got it here for you. Ah, thanks. 
That that Bumbles guy, he's, he's in the in the garage down down a ways. Oh, I thought he left when he didn't come back. No, he's just working on that car we got. Okay, cool. Thanks, Doc. You all right? Yeah. The couch is... Actually, I, I slept really well on the couch. <laughs> it's a good couch. Yeah, I like it. I've had that couch for a while. I'm going to go talk to Bumbles really quick. I'll be right back. Okay. Hi. Oh, hello, Mouse. Uh, you, you catch Bumbles as he's coming out of the garage, wiping grease and uh, stuff from his hands. Am I done? You're done. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I might have done something because I thought things, but then they weren't true. But how was I supposed to know that? And I do things wrong. And Bumbles is just sort of nodding and smiling like, okay, uh-huh, yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I might have um, Remember that whole You were kidnapped thing Yesterday <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that we could Do that again In like 55 minutes from now Not against you though Plan a kidnapping and like, More like bump, execute my- it And uh, my eyes Sort of light up like <laughs> This seems exciting. Probably. <laughs> I, I Actually, I think I may have just finished a thing that will make this easier. Cool. Because um, I sort of contacted um, Mikhail. Oh, okay. And he kind of said in an hour to meet him at the location. So I was just going to go do it by myself because I thought everybody just left me and that. And so I was like, well, I'll, anyway, um, so, (laughs) so then I was thinking like maybe I would, um, take the head off of the other orc and put it in a bag and then it would be like this relatively the same size and shape. And then we could be like, ha ha, and then push him in the van and then be like, ha ha, and then go away and figure out what's going on. Cause there's, yeah. It's a good outline. (laughs) <laughs> the bones of a plan are there. Um, uh, do So based on how far away this place is, would I have time to pick up the rest of the gang and get there on time? Yes. Okay, good. So I think we should call Boomer and Kashmir. Okay. And uh, maybe, maybe uh, Boomer can hide in the back of the car. Okay. Because it will be awkward if he is there while we're trying to prove he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go there mm-hmm. and, uh... Can we go in the van that they took you in? No. <laughs> no one can go in the van they took me in anymore. <laughs> oh, that would have been a really good ruse. Yes. And had you told me of your idea before I had taken it apart and turned it into something beautiful, <laughs> I would not have. Okay, well, I'll just call everybody and... Tell them. I mean, it's going to be. Everything? It's going to be weird when you show up with the head, anyways. I think like a different car is probably not the biggest thing that he's going to have it, to get they over. They might have not known each other. Mm, I think even if had they not known each other, it would be odd for you to show up with a bag with a head in it. Why? <laughs> Judging from the texts you read between Mikhail and this team. Mm-hmm. You could surmise that they probably met in person more than once. Oh, yeah. Judging by the text 
um, <laughs> that I have read, I think that they did meet, though. So you're probably right. I didn't think of that. Okay. Um, right. Well, let's brainstorm as we pick up the rest of the gang. Sure. I'll go get the head. <laughs> you do that. And I, I get in spot and head to the clinic while I assume Mouse does amateur surgery. Uh, yeah, Doc gives you a hand. First off, he's like, what the frag are you doing? Cutting the head off of an orc? Well, I, <laughs> I understand that's literally what you're doing. May I ask why you're doing that? Yes, I was going to have a snack, and now you are ruining my snack. Uh, <laughs> I need it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all due respect, Miss Blue Hair Girl, but I literally need it. You have the rest of him. No, okay, wait. Why do you need this person's head? That's a little macabre. Um, at this point, I'm not that far away. I pull up out front in spot and like honk honk. <laughs> Mouse, what's going on? So remember yesterday when the <laughs> clinic kind of exploded and you like almost died and stuff? He points at the <laughs> plywood corner of his clinic. Yes, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> okay, good. So um, we, we need his head as a prop to put in a bag so it's a similar size and shape to another head that might be in the same bag. He's, he, he has his face scrunched up, and he goes, couldn't you just put anything in the bag? Um, at this point, I get out of the car um, and come in. Uh, Mouse, I, oh, good, you told Doc. Um, listen, I've had an idea. Why are we even bothering meeting this guy, right? Like, we know where he's going to be. Let's just jump him and then take him. We don't need to. It's going to be weird when you show up. He's not going to stick around. Let's just sneak up on him, clonk him on the head, throw him in the van, fly away. Fly? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not part of the plan. All right. <laughs> what sort of we're we're riffing here, you know? Like it's just no 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 bad ideas. We're just throwing things at the wall and seeing but what sticks. But it's already half off. I just wanted. I'm to, sure Welby will appreciate not I having to gnaw through bones. I think it was a good idea. He was all like, "Let's put the head on a plate." And well, I, I think like, you and I can agree that was a pretty it, bad idea. That's why I. <laughs> With the sleepy stuff. I, th I think it's just a mistake to try and deceive him at all. Let's just sneak up on him and jump I am him. really good at urban sneaking. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But we should get going. Okay, we are I'm, running late. Okay, bye. Bye, Doc. So you, you leave, like, the, the saw, like, sticking out of the person's neck, and you go running out, and Doc just... Bye, mouse. <laughs> Bye, Doc. Bye, Bumbles. And he takes the. He starts cleaning the tool, and Welby licks his lips. <laughs> <laughs> I get in the back of the van and sit on the med bay, <laughs> and then I call. Hey, so you're up. Good. Um, you might want to get your guns and yes, um, be I just, ready. Okay. I just got something cool that will help us whenever we eventually go after um. Yeah, that's the right now. We'll be there in like 10 minutes. I'm sorry, Mouse. Hold on. I'm already outside. Where are you? Did you say now? <laughs> like, now? Yeah, so As just in the come day after like I was minutes. brought back from the mm -hmm. brink. Mouse, you no, stop. You did a stop. really good job. Bye. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, you pull around front and you see uh, Boomer's uh, uh, car. Well, we would have we would have hit Kashmir first. Yeah. No, no, but Boomer's already there. Boomer just got there. Yeah. He was on his oh, way back ahead oh, of time. He's right. like, I'm already out front. 
Okay. So uh, yeah, he he's getting out of his uh, out of his large, bright red, uh, like Thunderbird muscle car. That is a beautiful car, a Boomer. Uh, <laughs> or not really a big box, like a kind of a tall box. And uh, uh, before we go, I'm going to run this inside. And he goes in, hands this to Doc. Sorry about your clinic, mate. And he hands him the box. Don't eat too much of it in one sitting. What? And he runs outside. What? And when he opens the box, it's a lovely multi-tier cake. <laughs> with whipped frosting. <laughs> and it says, sorry, with a frowny face on it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what Doc opens up and sees. Uh, and then, yeah, he jumps in the car uh, with you guys. All right. I am... I'm getting into the rigor cocoon. Okay. After my harrowing experience being kidnapped, <laughs> I am not leaving this car except for a dire situation. <laughs> and I head towards Kashmir's house. I'm frantically trying to bind with this focus. <laughs> <laughs> You're like sitting there, like riders are pulling up. They're like, come on, get in. You're like, hold, hold on, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. In brightest day and darkest night. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, uh, you, you, you bond with the, the focus, and it is now. Uh, it will now work for you, and you jump in the car with him. Okay, so um, just one quick question. Why are we doing this right now? Oh, because I thought you all left me, and so I was just going to do it by myself. But then it turned out you didn't. You just left to go do other things. But yeah, you like we do me. every day after every job. But you didn't say, and it felt important, and you guys slipped over, and then you weren't even here for breakfast. <laughs> Mouse, yeah? this is ridiculous. Oh. It's sort of exciting, though, isn't it? No. Yeah, it is. Uh-uh. Mouse, like, slouches down onto the, the Valkyrie unit and just I'm sorry, Mouse, games. but we work best together. Why couldn't we have done this together as a team? Boo. She's in VR. Okay, so I guess now we're making a plan without mouse. Ah. Uh, in your uh, augmented reality display, a little mouse icon pops up. <laughs> okay, mouse is still sort of here, but we still have to make a plan in the next, what, 40 minutes. Ah. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Um, th- this excites me tremendously. I think this is a great, great fun. Um, so, mouse, can you just sort of check the surrounding areas? Um Find Boomer a place to set up with his lovely new rifle. Where are we going? Where is this place? What is this place? We'll get there. I sort of had a thing I was going to tell you to do. <sighs> okay, okay, what? <laughs> um, you can, uh, your magic. Like, how close do you have to be to do magic at somebody? I have to see them. Okay, so you're going to go with Boomer and set up and do magic at him. Uh, and I will uh, do the whole shock and awe thing with Spot and the drones. How does everybody feel about this plan? Just leave Mika alive. I'll deal with him. I mean, well, well, first of all, where is this place? Is it a bar? Is it a, a warehouse? Is it just an open fucking field? I'll send that one to you, Mouse. <laughs> um, uh, so I would have... Yeah, do a matrix search. Yeah. So nine hits. So this uh, meeting place, Mm -hmm. it's in Auburn, which is an industrial area. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's in a factory um, called uh, Pixie Plush Manufacturing, which makes stuffed animals. Um, You see that it is closed today. Does Boomer know anything about this factory? A sort of a potential Vori? 
place? Uh, Boomer Mikhail has used this factory before. It's it's a Vori front. Uh, they use the uh, stuffed animals to smuggle drugs, and uh, Mikhail sometimes oversees it. Uh, a lot of times, he'll use it for uh, an interrogation space if he has to. I share that. Is there any way we could just sort of tell the Vori that he's here and that he's been acting outside of the organization and then they'll come and deal with him for us? No, no, no. Like, without them knowing it's us? I'm going to deal with Mikhail. Well, that's one way I suppose we could go about this. We we need to know about the 66. Oh, don't worry. Do we? That building's been used for plenty of interrogations. I'll I'll get the info out of him. As far as I know, we get hired to do things, and then we get paid for doing those things. We well, you know what? How about this? this? Y'all can have the share of my next cut. You I just mean, let me have Mikhail. I don't want your money, Boomer. What do you want, then? Uh, I don't know. For us all to get out of this, okay. Stay, stay in the car. I said all, not just me. I just want a plan. I want a good plan. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll come with a good plan. <laughs> on the on the heels of 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 Kashmir being like, "Why are we doing this? We're not getting paid." Um, I'm gonna reach out to Pretty Boy. Okay, you shoot a message to Pretty Boy. What do you say? Might have found a lead on the sixty six. Interested? Question mark. So you guys are uh, pulling up into the neighborhood, uh, trying to scope out a spot. Um, six minutes after you send that message to Pretty Boy, mm-hmm. uh, your comm link starts reading, ringing. Hello? Mouse, are you all right? Yeah. Are, you're getting involved with the 66. Uh, how? I, I didn't hire you to do that. Who hired you to do that? Nobody. Exactly. It's my call. <laughs> I thought, you guys told me the DNI, we could hear everything. <laughs> you know you what? Keep, are you keeping I, this call? I'm hiring them. How's that? Why does everybody jump on my calls? <laughs> Is the problem of having everyone slave to your cyber deck? <laughs> because the last time we didn't, we ended up here. <laughs> because you left me. Anyway, so basically we were all attacked and almost, well, two of us almost died by the Vori, well, bounty hunters from the Vori, and then they from said... From Ares. Okay. If that's important. And then they... They said the next job was to go after the 66, and so we're on our way to find their Johnson um, to pick him up and ask him about the 66. And then Kashmir was like, well, we're not getting paid to do this. And I was like, well, maybe I'll ask Pretty B if he's interested in paying us. Wait, that was a lot of information all at once. Um, something about Ares? Ares is involved? Yes, um, we believe that the bounty hunters were sponsored by Ares. They all had Ares gear. In fact, it's things that I wouldn't even think Ares makes, like spell focus, uh, a car, a sniper rifle. Well, they do make cars and, and weapons. A deck, right? They, they do diversify a little bit. Um, uh, okay, don't, don't get involved with the 66. What well, are they? That's not really our primary reason for nabbing this guy. Yes, we're just getting involved with the Vori. That's so much better. Yes, it is. Is it? Oh, God. I'm intrigued. Uh, who is this? Who is this person you're you're going after? Name's Mikhail. He was uh, kind of my mentor in my time in the Vori. Now he's trying to kill me, so uh, I'm gonna beat him to it. And uh, I've agreed to pay the, all of them my share of the next job in exchange. So keep that in mind. Mikhail Wolski. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
I knew he, he was after you, but what? He found you? Somebody did. And uh, I'm going to stop this little problem here now. He has ties to the 66, you say? That's what I'm going to beat out of him, yeah. It seemed like he was going to kill Boomer and then go after the 66. <laughs> Maybe not part of them, more sort of opposed to them. Interesting. Mikhail's really gone off the deep end then. Um, okay. If he's not a part of the 66, then I suppose, I mean, I can't tell you what to do, but continue and go find out what you can find out. Um, then if you're willing to share the information with me, I'm sure I can procure some money from uh, my employer to send your way if it's information that we don't already have, which honestly... I'm pretty sure there's no reason Mikhail Volsky should know more than I do about the 66. Did you, then you know, obviously, that Victor LeBlanc was like part of them too? Yes, that's how I was able, that's how I learned of of you. I, I, I knew that LeBlanc was looking into joining and I witnessed uh, how you pulled him out of that fire and uh, brought that to the attention of my employer. So... Pretty B. What do you think we should do here? Well, Mikhail's not going to stop coming after Boomer, so it does follow logically to eliminate him as a threat. Um, whatever information he has on the 66 could be useful, could be redundant, or irrelevant. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, this is all coming out of left field for me. This is what I get for taking off those bugs. But I'm just going to move past that. It's sort of like kidnapping on spec, Kashmir. <laughs> I guess I don't know What are we doing here guys We're helping our friend Boomer Sure Working for Okay well um, I guess we'll keep you updated Did you leave any of them in here We could turn it back on No So there a way you can block Mouse From sending messages to people Very hastily Yes but I'm not going to You can't oh, Maybe reconsider I am so intrigued by everything that has transpired here. <laughs> Just try not to die. I don't know how, how we're going to get anything done if we lose you. Good call. We will. I mean, try not to die. Not die. No, that won't happen. <laughs> uh, and he hangs up. Bye. <laughs> so how close are we? About five minutes away. And you're getting there a good 15, 20 minutes before the meet time. Okay, let me go... <sighs> Scout out the place. And I drop into astral. Okay. Uh, you project yourself astrally. Uh, you zip down. Is it, yeah, like, just go over to the warehouse. Yeah. Like, look around. And, like, for the record, the second I see anything... Oh, first, before I dropped into astral, I asked Boomer really quick if uh, Mikhail happens to be awakened. Uh, Mikhail is, in fact, a physical adept. Yeah. He's okay. a gladiator. But if so, I was uh, to say, he's probably going to glow pretty really... brightly in your wizard viz. Whiz viz. Huh? Huh? You like that? Sure. That's actually pretty good. I like that a lot. <laughs> um, so I drop into whiz viz. Um, <laughs> yes. And I, I guess I float around checking out for it, like looking around corners for spirits. First of all, just anything outside. Cool. Uh, around the outside, you don't see anything. I take a very close look at all of the buildings surrounding <laughs> and all of the floors and on the roofs. Uh, some of the buildings do have people in them. 
Uh, you ascend them. They're, some of them are awake and some of them are not. They all seem to be working in factories. Um, and then you finally go into... Uh, yeah, I just like poke my head in. So you, you float into Pixie Plush Manufacturing. It's uh, two, uh, two different uh, stories, all very tall ceiling um, uh, with various uh, blobs of technology going all the way up to the ceilings. Sure. Um, probably some kind of like mecha- uh, automated assembly line. Right. Um, and you float around in there. There doesn't seem to be anybody in there right now. What's the Windows situation? Hard to tell in Astral. Everything's oh, just right. You can't see stuff. Yeah. Can I like if I manifest? Can I still fly? Yeah. So you do that. Uh, you yeah. you you just really just very quickly. Yeah. You manifest. You can <laughs> see the physical world now. Um, there's on the second floor. There's uh, ceilings up nearby the roof, uh, so as to like allow sunlight into the second floor. Um, the first floor doesn't have uh, any windows. So I I pop back from Wizards, and. Relay this information. Um, so I suppose if we're going with the Boomer and Kashmir across the street on a building plan, which I will admit isn't the worst, um, Bumbles, if there isn't a window for us to sort of shoot our stuff through, do you think you can make one? <laughs> I actually yeah. have a question. So in my research about the location, which... I feel like was pretty thorough. Yeah. Um, so I got a building plan, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, is there's like a loading bay area slash where they can bring things in and out so the yes. car could ostensibly be in the building? Yes. Okay. And do the location, does the location, is the location in the building? Yes. Okay. Um, so I had a thought that maybe we could bring Spot inside. And, I'm listening. And then, like, maybe hide it behind one of the machines or something. And then um, with Boomer could be across the street or something. And then we could, like, knock him out and br- drive the van up and put him in the van and then drive out. And then we would have him. As far as the, like, what conceal spirit power goes... I couldn't conceivably conceal Spot, right? You can conceal Spot. <laughs> if he's dual natured, is he like the ghouls where he can just see? Oh yeah, he could. He could. Physical adepts can only see astrally if they have the adept power astral perception. Boomer, do you know if he has that? <laughs> Boomer, you don't know. Uh-huh. What if we set up? Since we're here somewhat early, what if we set up really quick? We run to the roof of a nearby building. Spot comes in with Eraga, um, sort of uh, concealing him. And then we can send a text that we're running late so that when he gets there and doesn't see anyone, he's just he thinks that we're just running late. But how do we get him in front of the window? That's the whole point. Well, we either... Once, once he's sort of in between Spot and me and Boomer... Spot can either A, make a window, B, shoot the crap out of him, asking the drones. I mean, so long as he's not super duper dead, you know, we just throw him in the back. Yeah, I think, I I honestly think this might work. I'm actually feeling a little good about this. I feel very magic-y right now. (laughs) I feel very Uh, magic. Okay, well, why don't you guys go set up and I guess... Remember, don't kill him. 
Okay. So looking around at the uh, buildings surrounding this factory, they're all similar in size or smaller, and you do realize that since the windows are on the second story up, basically touching the roof, uh, you can't quite get a downward angle uh, to most of the second floor and not at all to the first floor. Well, I guess I'll hang out on that. Is it, or actually, is it like a big open area? Now I could like gecko tape up somewhere and uh, gecko tape up somewhere where? In, in, inside the inside? factory? Yeah, like they're above. very, they're tall. They're tall uh, uh, ceilings. Uh, I'm both just going to first and second floor. I'm just going to go find a little perch, like, on the second or third floor or whatever. And Are you guys actually going inside? Because you haven't before, actually gone inside yet. Before they go inside, I would like to just, like, disable any of this closed factory security measures. Okay. Uh, roll. You can see the factory's host. Okay. Um, so you can roll to hack it if you'd like. Yeah. That's five for a mark. Uh, so, Mouse, you fire up your new deck. Oh, God. Uh, it hates me. You you fire up your new deck. You you're in VR, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, you you're in the matrix. You see the uh, you see floating above you mm-hmm. uh, like a cloud in the sky, a small cloud. Uh, the pixie uh, the pixie plush manufacturing logo. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of push up off the black ground of the matrix uh, and kind of float up towards it. Uh, Kreflin uh, floating up behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, you both kind of like. When you get to the the host, you kind of turn around and land on it upside down. Now you're looking down at the usual matrix below you, which is just like little stars, little white lights mm-hmm. of different devices. Um, you then try to push yourself down into uh, into this host, uh, and you don't quite do it. But it doesn't get a mark on you. I will try again. Six. You get a mark. I would like another, please. Okay. Um, you, you float downwards, and uh, you find yourself on a large uh, conveyor belt uh, in the Matrix um, sure. that you can control with your thoughts, uh, where, you, you know, where you go to, and like, you can hop down to other conveyor belts. And basically, uh, along these conveyor belts are different like control panels that you can interact with that represent the different things okay. tied to this Matrix host. There's every chance that it got a hit on me. I only got four. Okay. So... Uh, Again, you try to go for a mark this time. You're inside the host, and you try to, like, kind of use your rapier, your little mouse rapier, uh, to, like, carve uh, an M into the, uh, into the conveyor belt, and it, it just doesn't take. Uh, but you don't get a mark on you. Again, it ties. <laughs> All right. I'm going to try one more time, and then I'm going to go do other things. I'm going for two. Getting two marks this time? Yeah. I can only keep seven. Okay. So, uh... You uh, you try to mark this conveyor belt and it doesn't really work and you get a little frustrated and so then you just kind of like <laughs> jab your sword straight into it and uh, you get two marks. All right, it is mine. I has all the plans. Yep. Um, okay, so I'm gonna look through all the security cameras to see what I can see if anybody's in there and hiding. Um, any like you know recent security code swipes. Turn off all the like. Turn off the security to the loading bay. Make sure that. Our entry is safe and our presence in there is undetected, loop, whatever I have to, that kind of stuff. There are cameras uh, on the outside, no cameras on the inside. Okay. Um, You have control over all the different uh, machinery that's in there. Yeah. 
Uh, you can open and close the conveyor belt or open and con- close the loading bay at will. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, all the doors are tied to this host as well. So you can okay. you can pop the doors. And then as we're getting close, I'll have Araga conceal. Okay. So uh, Araga mani- uh, materializes uh, above the car and kind of goes and like comes down onto the car, spreading, uh, like, losing his uh, his crane form and becoming this weird electrical, like, current that, like, goes around the car. And then uh, that electrical current, like, fades away, and then Araga appears, like, in the car next to uh, uh, next to Kashmir um, and kind of, like, pecks him uh, lovingly on, like, the cheek. Thank you so much. I don't know how I can repay you. Uh, from the inside, the car doesn't seem different. Uh, but as soon as someone gets outside of the car, uh, well, Mouse, you can see uh, through the uh, the camera mm-hmm. um, that uh, the car uh, is like a weird, fuzzy image of a car. It's not really. It's like almost transparent. Right. Okay. So so they're outside, right? They're outside, like hanging from the ceiling or something. So you guys, you open up, uh, Mouse. You open up the loading bay. Mm-hmm. You drive the car in. Yeah. I. Uh, I. Hop into spot, like you. you I, I am rigoring into him. Okay, so you uh, you drop your consciousness into spot. You are now the car. Um, you pull into this uh, first floor, and this first floor is mostly crates on large, uh, large high um, shelves full of crates. Um, and each of these uh, uh, shelving, uh, like these shelving units, have like uh, automated arms that can like forklift these crates off and lower them down to the ground. And uh, you pull in, uh, there's basically a nice, like, 35, 40-foot square uh, that you are able to park in. Um, That's, like, basically the loading area where the trucks can pull into. Um, Otherwise, you you can't fit spot in between these different lanes. It's mostly just walking and forklift size. Spot's a bit too big. Okay. Um, If... Is there anywhere I can sort of park him behind something or... You can pull him over to a corner where there's some crates, like, stacked up, ready to be loaded into the next shipment. Um, And since he is more or less translucent, uh, he can hide decently there. Yeah, I'll do that then. Okay. Um, I will face him in such a way as the rear is best able to fire at whatever comes Okay, opening into the clearing, basically. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and, uh... And so, so when you say two floors, is it sort of how I'm picturing it, which is, like, a ring of, um, walkway around the outside with, like, the middle open air, or is there two... Is there two floors. distinct... There's a ceiling above the first but floor, and then the second floor is just machinery, uh, that they basically make the stuffed animals there, and then they are crated up and put into the storage area, which is the bot- the first floor, and then loaded onto a truck and sent out. And we know he's not in here? Uh, when you looked around, you did not see anyone in here at all. And how long has passed? Uh, it's basically almost time for the meet. Uh, what are you guys doing? I'm going to zip around the first floor just as quickly as possible, just to make sure he hasn't snuck in here. While in, uh, in your astral form? Mm-hmm. Cool. You do that. You don't see any auras except for your teammates. I might sit in the car if that's the case, and but I could levitate Boomer up to a like stack of boxes. Boomer, would you enjoy that? <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll do that. Okay, cast levitate. What force are you casting it at? Um, four. 
Seven hits? No, but you but you set the limit to four. So okay, yeah. so four hits. And uh, yeah, Boomer, you suddenly feel weightless as you're lifted up <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> Made a cake. Get to fly. Got to get some revenge. It's a great day. Uh, so where are you floating, Boomer? To just um, a really good vantage point stack of boxes that reaches almost the ceiling. Cool. You can put them all the way up on the top shelf if you want. Yeah. All right, uh, Boomer, you're up on the top of this uh, tall shelving unit, uh, standing on some boxes. Go ahead and roll stealth for me. I think I can do that. And I've resisted the drain. Yay. Six. All right, uh, so you find a nice little nook between two crates, Boomer, where you can get like a nice vantage point on the clearing where Spot is. Or is Spot there? It's hard to tell. You look in the corner, you can kind of see the shape of a car, but like you kind of have to strain your eyes to really make it out. Uh, it's, it's, it's weird. It's a weird sensation. Oh, that's weird. I think I'm going to come out of VR. Okay. Um, and like still AR, keep all my marks, all that stuff. But um, if everyone else is unconscious except for Boomer... After last time, I want to be awake. Oh, I'm conscious again. Oh, you are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, I thought you were in astral. Just for a second to see if he was there. Uh-huh. Where are the entrances, by the way? So there's the loading door that you guys came through. Uh, next to that is a normal-sized door. Um, and then there's uh, a door that is by the street also okay. uh, on the other side of the building because uh, you guys came in through the back alley. Um, did you close the loading bay door behind us? Yeah. Cool. So a minute passes, two minutes, three minutes. You guys are sitting there for almost ten minutes. Boomer, your leg's starting to cramp a little bit. You gotta shift. Uh, and then mouse, you see movement uh, on uh, one of the cameras uh, leading out the back. Okay. What um, is it? <laughs> you zoom in with the camera, zoom. and Boomer, you see through her feed... The face and form of Mikhail, your former trainer. I smile. Uh, he's got a few new scars. Um, about to have a lot more. This is a this is a human man, probably about sixty years old now, uh, which is pretty old for the Six World. Just being able to survive that long. Um, he looks hard, like he's he's old, but like he has like tawny muscles. And he has, he has plenty of scars, and his arms and neck and some of his face are covered in prison-style tattoos. Um, he has short, cropped, military uh, gray hair um, and uh, a nice, like, gold earring in one ear and then, like, a black gauge in the other one. And uh, he walks up, presses a few buttons on the maglock leading uh, through the door, opens it up, and walks in. What do you guys do? Which door is this? Uh, it is a door nearby you guys. It's a door that's next to so this is like the loading the bay door. place people come in to get to the loading bay when they're not in trucks. Yeah. Cool. And so, uh, Boomer, do you have sh- shock ammo in? <laughs> no. Are we no. trying to take him or are we trying to kill him? Oh, we're taking him alive. Don't worry. Okay. I got a plan. Well, whenever Boomer gets a shot. As, I, uh, as I'm aiming at his knees. <laughs> and, uh... Boomer's going to wait until he's kind of out in the middle of the floor, and uh, he's going to line up his sights on his knees. He's going to take a deep breath, take aim, and uh, fire. Cold shot knee? Yep. I'll post. Yeah, I'm definitely posting. What's right, you? You're using edge? Yeah, I didn't get any successes. 
Ooh. That's more like it. Three. So you level up a shot. Uh, he, as soon as he walks in and doesn't see his team of bounty hunters, he immediately clenches his fists and looks around. Uh, you understand that he is battle hardened enough to immediately smell that something is up. Uh, before he has a chance to really look around well enough to make out the shape of the car or anything like that, Boomer pulls the trigger. Nice. Uh, there's a loud cacophonous, <laughs> and uh, this dude's leg goes sideways as it is only hanging on by a small tendon. <sighs> he lets out a shout and falls over prone, <laughs> clutching his leg. What do the rest of you guys do? Um, Previet, Mikhail. <laughs> Boomer, you son of a bitch! <laughs> uh, I reverse towards him. <laughs> Does it seem like he might die if I run over the other leg? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I don't run over the other leg. Uh, oh, and the drones uh, just swarm out and surround him. Okay, uh, seemingly out of nowhere, these drones... <laughs> Break the break out of the concealment uh, and surround him. Uh, he he was reaching for a gun in his jacket, and he sees that and stops and puts his hands up. Well, one hand up. The other one is clutching his extremely bloody stump of a leg. And he goes, "You have me, Boomer. What are you going to do? Kill me? Not yet." Uh, and, uh, I I make my way down down towards there. You cool guy repel. It doesn't take long. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Looks like you trained me a little too well, Mick Kale. You have no loyalty, and you are a man of terrible dishonor. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Did you say loyalty? Did you? <laughs> you... You just said loyalty. <laughs> the rest of you watching this, you see as Mikhail sits uh. up and crosses his leg over his stump and shows no sign of pain, uh, even though he is effectively missing a leg and it is bleeding heavily, um, which he does like he does attend to like he does pull off his belt and like tourniquet it, um, but he doesn't seem to be in any pain. And he, and he kind of like leans back on his hands and looks up at Boomer, grinning. <laughs> All you ever prattled on about was how the Vori was family. Where was room for Boomer in this family, huh? We took you off the streets. And made me your slave. I would say I gave you gainful employment. Gainful employment. <laughs> right. Work experience. I'll give you that. And he looks at his leg. But you want to talk about loyalty? How about all the jobs you took credit for that I did? How about all the times I never got invited to family dinner because I had us down guard outside? Everyone else got their cycle through, but not the Oni, which everyone is what I was known as. No one ever called me Boomer except in my face. Send the Oni to kill this guy. Send the Oni to do this. Send the Oni to do that. <laughs> and he wants to talk about loyalty. Did you uh, really... Take that shot and make me lose my leg to talk my ear off next? No, I didn't. See what I mean? Can I even stand here and listen to me? Not like you have a frag and listen to me before. Yeah, he grins and goes, uh, I am not scared of you, Boomer. I know your weaknesses. I created you. I'm unarmed. I mean you no harm. 
What are you going to do? I kick him in his jaw. He takes it. Yes, you can attempt to hurt me as much as you'd like. But I know at the end of the day, I will be leaving this place alive. Load him up in the van. You got some questioning to do. I send over the DNI. You are literally the only person strong enough to do that. <laughs> I have some mage cuffs, and I slap those on him. And I drag him to the van and throw him in the back. He uh, hobbles with you, uh, lead dangling. He sits down in the back. Uh, the med bay chirps up. I notice no, you. No, oh. no, 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 no. <laughs> Bumbles? Um, could, well, I guess the blood's already all over the upholstery, so no reason. I was just going to say he could sit back there and we wouldn't treat him, but, you know, it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> so, where are you taking me? I don't think we need to take you anywhere, really. We'd probably ask you everything we need right here. In the middle of your car that I am bleeding in. Very smart, Boomer, as always. By the way, jam his comms. Let's go for a drive. Are you data spiking his comm link, or are you just jamming? Oh, yeah. Can I in. just turn the off button? Can I just push the off button? I mean, yeah, you can take his comm link and just turn it off. Yeah. Okay. Do that. <laughs> I, I reach over, and I take it, and I turn it off. <laughs> I still don't know how you do this stuff. <laughs> All right, so. Um, oh, can I sweep them for bugs? Is that a thing I can do? Or like you can make perception or whatever? Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, so you guys are driving somewhere? Is that what I heard? I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, just drive us around. Um, so Get over, us out the, of here. over the DNI in text, I send, um, do we want to just sedate him? We could bring him to my safe house in Redmond. It's sort of out of the way. That's a, That sounds good. Does that work on magic people? Cashmere, you're pretty sure it works. It worked on you. But I'm not a physical adept. Right. So you don't know what powers this guy may or may not have. Uh, Maybe give him a double dose. Eight. You got eight on your matrix perception? Yes. Uh, he doesn't seem to have any bugs on him. Okay. Um, I message Pretty B. Hey, we got this guy. What should we ask him? Uh, there's no response from Pretty B on that front. I'm, I'm sedating him. The, yeah. the, the thing comes down right in the neck, sedates him. If he doesn't go down after the first one, I keep giving incremental, you know, like I do like <laughs> 10% doses at a time until he's unconscious. Yeah. And then we toss him back there. If it looks like he's going to die, the thing does its thing. Yeah. Uh, you sedate him successfully. He conks out. Does uh, it take more than I expect? No. Cool. I'll drive to my safe house in Redmond. Okay. It's about like a 45-minute drive, but... Uh, sure. Every time uh, it's uh, it would be an hour before he would wake up anyway. So, OK, uh, right before we get there, I'll give him another shot just for good measure. OK, so when he does wake up, if he I mean, he doesn't really seem afraid that we're going to hurt him. Um, and I think that that's probably um, a thing that won't change. And he doesn't really seem afraid to die necessarily. So what I was thinking is we could just tell him that we know that he's working outside of the Vori parameters and we'll give them to him with all of the evidence that he's been working against them, unless he tells us everything that we want to know. And um, maybe he's not afraid of being hurt, but they'll hurt him a lot more than we could. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, I do have an idea. If you'll recall, the last time we had to interrogate somebody in the car, I sort of had a thing for that. Can I, um, 
mind probe while he's out? Yep. Cool. What do we want to know? The stuff about the 66. Okay. Anything else? Bruma? Just stuff about the 66. And if you get the chance later, secondarily, what he's doing that he's trying to hide from the Vori. Sure. Uh, so I'm going to try to mind probe. Can he resist it? Yes. Okay, well, then I'll do it. His mind is still active, even if he is unconscious. Okay. So that's full hits. Uh, you put your hand over his uh, head, and you kind of push your uh, energy down, in, and uh, you close your eyes, and images start flashing in front of you. Uh, they're pretty hazy. Um, but uh, uh, you get... Uh, an image of a building on fire. Uh, you get the image of an explosion. Um, and uh, from the perspective of Mikhail, uh, you see him like on the ground looking up and seeing a few figures running past the fire and one in particular walking slowly that he seems to focus on. Uh, this, this figure is wearing a uh, black motorcycle helmet with a yellow uh, spray-painted smiley face on the front of it, um, and the the paint of the spray of the spray is kind of like dripping down, uh, is dried, dripping down, uh, and that face turns and looks at him, uh, and then he he seems to black out, um, and that's 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 the only image you really see. And I can't like try again. Not really. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't get much. It's pretty hazy. Um, He's a surprisingly good at keeping me out while he's unconscious. You actually did feel a strange amount of resistance, more so than you would think you should have encountered. Okay. Um, so there's a burning... I saw a burning building, an explosion. I don't know what building... What's the building look like? It's hard to say. It just looks like a building to you. I mean, it's just like... It's, it's, you don't even know what neighborhood it's in. Is it like tall? Is it like... Yeah, it's probably like a three-story building. Does it look um, residential? Largish. It could be a very large house. Uh, it could be a apartment complex of some kind. Hard to say. Okay. And then it was him on the ground outside of the building, and there was a rather intimidating figure. There was a bunch of them running past. And then there was one that slowly walked by as if he was sort of the cause of it or more at ease than one would generally be around a burning building. And he... Uh, he had a black motorcycle helmet on with a yellow smiley face spray painted on it. And then, oh, and it was sort of dripping as if it was done very up close, as I understand that's how graffiti works. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and then he looked at him and then he blacked out. I don't know if Bumbles knows this, but I'm sort of remembering a gang that has that sort of smiley face motif. Am I confusing that with something else or... You're thinking of the Halloweeners. Um, they have a jack-o'-lantern. Okay. They're just crazy. Right. I think I am thinking of the Joker gang from Batman Beyond. That also. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you guys uh, pull up towards Bumble's safe house. Yeah. Um, oh. Hey, Mouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I realize this might return an absurd amount of data in Seattle. Can you look and see if there was a um, a large, well, maybe just, you know, like look for like significant bombings that perhaps a, a Vori lieutenant might have been interested in recently? 
So a recent three-story explosion building fire? Yeah. Matrix search. And while that's going on, I also text this to Pretty B. Okay. Just because it feels like he knows a lot about this situation. And could probably fill in gaps while we are unable. Mm-hmm. Still no answer from him so far. Um, and that is one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. You pull up uh, Bumbles uh, to your safe house. Around that time, Mouse, your search finishes up. There was, in fact, uh, a place uh, in Auburn that was um, basically a Vori uh, drug and weapon stash. Um, it did go up in flames. Um, the police investigated it and uncovered that it had been owned by the Vori and used to uh, like hold on to uh, illicit items. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't ever find out who was behind it. Um, all the reports say, uh, you know, all like they expect gang violence between the Vori and the Yakuza or the Vori and the Italian mob and stuff like that. Like it's, you know, normal like puff piece, you know, just like big explosion in Auburn. This is what it was. Uh, no arrests were made or anything like that. It just kind of fell by the wayside. Okay. Um, at this point, you guys have made it to the safe house. And it's been 45 minutes? Yes. Okay, so guys, the next time could one of you text Pretty B because I think he's starting to get annoyed with me. And <laughs> I just, I thought he would want to know, so I've been texting him and he hasn't been texting me back. I'm just worried, you know? I don't want to lose him. <laughs> that was an odd rant. Can someone load uh, Mikhail into the safe house? <laughs> I got it. I pick him up. And the uh, door opens. I oh, chuck um, him out. Uh, just real quick. Sure. Watch the first step. Uh, how about you go first? <laughs> Anytime you warn me about anything of yours. No, it's not. I've been trying to get the blood out for like six months now. It will not come out. <laughs> I don't oh. know how it got in there so deep, but I have stepped mm. in it. Literally every time I have come here. <laughs> still standing blood on a step after six months? <laughs> I'm as surprised as you. <laughs> it happened, God. mate. Nobody has died here recently. <laughs> Except for lots and lots of rats. Fair. All right, so I pick up Mikhail and I start taking him down the stairs, stepping the blood. Yep. Oh, oh whatever. <laughs> Have I had time to page through his communications on his pan? You were spending your time. Uh, okay, matrix that's what searching. I figured. Yeah. Can I start doing that? Yep. Okay, I start doing that. Okay, you can hack it. I'm not gonna make you roll for it. Okay. Um, it seems like he has a pretty well cleaned uh, comlink that he cycles uh, the messages out often. Okay. Um, he does have a couple messages with this team, mm-hmm. uh, as well as occasional messages with. Uh, Vori correspondence of him uh, being like meeting at this time, which had already passed. Um, the money is like hidden in this dumpster, stuff like that. Um, there is one message with uh, uh, a name that Boomer would recognize, which is Rook, who is another one of uh, Mikhail's proteges. Just details of a job like target is human male. Uh, me- uh, message that Boomer has gotten many a time, which is like a place and a target and a picture of the target and being like, contact me when it's done. Okay, but there's no like anti-Vori stuff? No. Okay. 
it seems like what messages there are are business as usual, except for except for the ones the with one the group. with the uh, bounty hunters. Okay. So is that info on just Boomer and just Bumbles, or is there also Boomer er, information about Mouse and I? There's not even any information on Bumbles. There's as far as the messages with the bounty hunters go, it's literally the jobs done message that you sent him. Uh, he had deleted all other messages with them. Okay, well, I guess, are there chairs or something? Yeah, I mean, it's not a particularly nice apartment, but it is functional. There is a not very nice couch, but it's not, like, gross. It's just quite old and has bullet holes. Um, There is a, a sort of gross bed. Maybe don't sit on that. There are a few chairs... Um, and like a kitchen and a bathroom and every now and then you sort of hear a pop from the walls. Yep. Followed by a loud squeak. What is that, Bumbles? Pest control. (laughs) What do you mean by pest control? Well, you know, the rat traps. And what do these rat traps do? They kill rats. Yes. Oh wait, (laughs) are they just, does it sound like a normal rat trap? No. It sounds like a small explosion. <laughs> yes, I mean, I get the concept of a rat trap. <laughs> I also get the general makeup of a mouse trap. And so you get it? No, I'm sorry, Bumbles. <laughs> uh, I'm not being clear. Why are these mouse traps exploding? So as they're having this conversation, I'm going to go ahead and um, after he puts his um, him in one of the chairs... We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, like, make sure that he's connected to it rather soundly. You tie him to a chair. And then I'm actually going to, like, very delicately um, wrap the leg to the chair like a splint. So, like... Oh, yeah. So his dangling leg is more or connected less... Connected to his self. Yeah. <laughs> And like in a splinted sort of way, but using the chair. Well, as it would the be splint. bent because he's sitting. Yeah, but I mean, it did it come off right at the knee? Yeah. Oh. Boomer shot the kneecap off this guy. Oh. Um, I've got a sort of. Oh, what if we just sort of gave it a quick yank? No. <laughs> Boomer. No, no, no. I'm gonna have all the fun here. I mean, you can do the honors, but it would keep him from running. Oh, he's not going anywhere. It's not connected. It's like barely, it's like for show. We don't need to make it worse. (laughs) All right, it's dangling. Yeah, it's dangling by like a muscle tendon. I basically just dressed it so he doesn't die of blood loss. Yeah. (laughs) I just want to jut in and say I'm still jumped into spot and I'm just sort of keeping watch. Okay. About what's going on. A drone or two up in the sky. Or? Yeah, the fly spy is sort of doing the the usual recon aerial sweep, like make sure no one's coming to kill me. Sure, <laughs> the usual right, thing. Right, when you're uh, here. Should I stim patch him to wake him up? You could do that. Ready. Wait, I blindfold him. <laughs> yes, good call. Good, good one, mouse. Good call. And slap patch, but I actually slap him. <laughs> you slap him across the face, leaving a patch uh, on his cheek, and he has his head kind of dangles there for a second, and then his eyebrows like kind of come together, and he opens his eyes and looks, uh, tries to look around, but he can't because he's blindfolded, and he's like, 
So you mentioned questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your connection with the uh, 66? None of your braggers? business, only. Oh, it is my business. I'm tempted to just leave. You're in my room. house now. He, he sniffs the air a little bit and goes, your house smells like shit. Right. That's not answering my question. What kind of motivation do I have to help you at all? Well, we can uh, keep this little hit you put on me a secret. It's no secret that I'm after you. Yes, but it is a secret that you hired some outside help. You were talking about loyalty earlier. It's not does not seem very loyal to me. He tenses up for the first time. The family wanted me to give up on my feud with you. I do not take kindly to my students turning on me and running with the teachings I give them. So yes, I went outside the Vori for help. They may not appreciate it, but certainly they're not going to punish me as briskly as you have. We'll see about that. You want to go ahead and send it, Mouse? Put it out all public. Sure. Do you want more, too? I can I can make more happen. Anything you got? Well, I mean, what... Okay, an idea and I <laughs> that, the, that I can make more than just him contracting outsiders for... I can make it look like it's a much more long-standing relationship. Ooh. Ooh, or throwing some money laundering, huh? Yeah. Basically, if you want me to do that, slash, you should talk, tell him that I'm going to do that. Oh, if I, I got don't. you. Right? Uh, That's how this works? I don't know. I've only seen it in trids. <laughs> they, might not yes. they might not appreciate you contracting, uh, contracting. But they're really going to be pissed when they find out you've been stealing money from them. He tenses up a little bit more, <gasps> tightens against the ropes a little bit, trying to test them a bit, and goes, who told you that? <laughs> We're great at this. <laughs> good. But nobody has to know. Can you just tell us how you're connected with the 66? Um, I do, and I ask him about Ares as well. I'm just, I'm just trying to have a list for you and just let you do your thing. <laughs> the 66, they're a bunch of fuckers. Right, they are. I made the mistake of thinking maybe we could work with them. I came to understand that they were anti-corporation. Seemed like they could be a useful tool. Turns out their leader, this Hellion character, he's just a mad dog. And he turned on me as soon as he had the chance. So, oh. as you can understand, I tend to hold grudges. Mm, yeah, I, I figured that part out. What about, uh, what about the Ares fuckers you hired? What, the bounty hunters? They're bounty yeah. hunters. They happen to like Ares, or...? They're ex-Ares. They used to be special forces. Oh. Expats, as you will. That explains my new Barrett. Yes, it is a fine weapon. He scowls. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Very fine weapon. All right. Any other questions for him? Um, ask him about the smiley face guy. Smiley face guy. Was that Hellion? Smiley face. Have you met with the 66? No, I got some friends that do cool Don't stuff. Don't let him ask us questions. Hey, hey. Who's running the fragging interrogation here? I'm just trying to help. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm asking the questions here. Yes. Smiley face guy. Was that Hellion? Yes. Hellion does wear a motorcycle with a smiley face on the front. I imagine he thinks it is intimidating. I think it is childish and foolish. 
At least we still agree on something. All right. So Hellion, leader of the 66, you're pissed at him. He's a wild card. I do know anything else. How did he contact him? How did you get into contact with him? There are ways. Well, what? what? Tell me more. How did you find out? I don't feel particularly inclined to help you, Boomer. I'm down a leg because of this. No, you're down a leg because I hate you. This is the difference between losing the rest of your body and just your leg. Yes, you're going to kill an unarmed prisoner tied to a chair. I believe that. I pull an inhaler out of my pocket and start throwing it up and catching it. You really should tell me what I'd like to know. There's nothing you can do to me that you haven't already done. You've taken my leg. You can try and hurt me more. But at the end of the day, I know you don't have it in you to kill me. I do, and I... Okay, do we really need this info? How bad do we need this? I think we got a good start with Hellion. I think that's a good start. Yeah, I think that's a good start. Wow, Boomer, you really seem um, hesitant to kill this guy who apparently ruined your life. Are we done with him or not? Are Just we? sort of putting this out there. Were I pretty B, apparently knowing much more than everyone I've ever met, I think I'd probably know that the leader of the Havoc 66's name is Hellion. And like that's literally all we've gotten. That's basically nothing. I agree. So this is probably all we're going to get out of him, huh? Well, I mean, if like, like I get you've got your code of honor, and if he doesn't believe you'll kill him, like I'm not particularly no, no, no. bloodthirsty, hey, hey. but you know, if we're not talking about that it. right now, we're not talking about that right now. Are we done with him or not? No, no, I don't think so. <sighs> Fine. He puts the inhaler back in his pocket. All right. What else are we asking him? Uh, well, what else? I want to know literally everything he knows about the Havoc 66. Look, details. And I can't, I can't try to can, um, mind probe again, can I? You can try again at a minus two. So first I'm going to try to mind probe him. Okay. Go ahead and roll that again at a minus two. Uh, that's only two hits. Uh, you put your hand forward, and you feel like, even though there's nothing in between your hand and his head, you feel like there's a barrier there. You try to push your hand through, and it just, like, pushes you back. I come around in front of him. I've been sort of behind him this whole time, mm -hmm. just sort of standing still. Um, I motion to Boomer to sort of take a few steps back. I nod and comply. Well, um, I'm sure you just felt that, yes? Yes, it was pitiful. Yes, it was also your last chance at surviving. Um, see, Boomer, I mean, for all his great qualities, and there are many of them, um, he is a very emotional fellow, and he does love to hurt, and he loves to kill, and he really does enjoy it. Um, and that's, see, that's the difference between him and I, is that I do it because it's what I'm paid to do, and it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's a woman doesn't matter if it's child. It doesn't matter if it's somebody's pet dog. I'm the one they bring in. And right now they need some information out of you. And the fact that I'm here means that they need it real bad. So you're going to give it to us or else you're n not leaving. Frankly, I don't want you to leave either way. Before that resolves, can I very, very quickly send a text message to Mouse? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we see that. <laughs> He's telling lies to get truth out of uh, this Mikhail. 
I'm I'm about to say what, like I'm in the It's middle. a good thing this man's blindfolded because Mouse just horrified stares at, at Cashmere like about to like shout at him about being a horrible monster and she never knew and then she gets the text from Bumbles. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm gonna roll intimidation. Uh, yeah, go for it. You know what? I'm gonna pre-edge this. First roll. That's six hits. Okay. Five of which are sixes. So roll five more dice. <laughs> which gives us a grand total of eight hits. Okay. Um, you get what's called a critical success uh, because you got four net hits. Nice. Uh, he sits there. Stock still for a second and says, how far you have fallen, Boomer, to collude with such reputable men. Mm. Well, uh, my upbringing didn't leave me too much choice, now did it? I have to say, I'm rather ashamed. For you to be in allegiance with a man like this means you have forsaken your code. It was the only thing that I ever really admired about you. Now you are nothing to me. I kind of moved Kashmir out of the way, pat him on the chest, and I kick the chair over. And, uh, and he, then I, I stand over him. He falls back, slams his head on the, uh, uh, on the concrete and goes, yes, of course you would. <laughs> I pick him up by the front of his shirt, bring him in real close, and I say, these four have more honor than the whole goddamn Vori ever had. And I drop them. Yes. Killers of dogs and children. Great company you keep. Well, situationally great, I will say. Um, and this seems to be one of those situations. Now, you will tell us everything we need to know. What kind of guarantee do I have that I get to leave? My ace in the hole was that Boomer would not allow you to kill me, but now I'm not so sure. Yes, and a man without many aces doesn't have many options, does he? I'd rather die and not help you. If I'm going to die anyway. Well, you've got one leg left, yes? For now. And that's one leg you can leave on. Are you, uh, are you saying this honestly? Are you going to let him go? Or are you lying to him? I don't know yet. It depends what sort of information <laughs> we get, I guess. Uh, I'm just trying to like say what I can and okay. start giving information. But so you are willing to let him go. I would you, be... You're not resigned to kill this man. No, I'd be willing to let him go. Okay, then roll negotiation. Okay. That's six hits. Okay. What is it you would like to know? I don't know much. The 66, they are a new pestilence in my life. And how do you get in contact with this pestilence? It's difficult. They don't, they don't talk about it. I've learned that. You ask somebody in the 66 if they are in the 66, and they will say no. If you make it known you're looking for them, they will eventually find you, if they're interested. And they're, um, you say they're anti-corporation? They appear to be anti-everything. Hmm. What? Like so I what? said, mad dogs. No, no rhyme or reason to their actions. Hmm. I thought they were anti-corporation, I work with them, and then they turn on us. It seems like they're only in it for themselves. And what did you work with them on? I wanted some goods smuggled. I wanted a specific rival building to be destroyed. They took the goods, and they destroyed my building. And how did you contact these bounty hunters? 
They're bounty hunters. They make their, their trade known to those who can use them. It did not take long to use my connections to find them. They're very expensive, Boomer. I feel like I overpaid. Could, yeah, you did. Could we get a list of all of his contacts with the Havoc 66? Like, every job he tried to do with them, every person he spoke to. I think that might be a more of a question of the comlink. The comlink doesn't have any of that on it. Hmm. I mean, obviously, it seems like perhaps he does not know much, but I'm wondering if perhaps from the things he does know, we can infer more. We just need more details of things like who he met with, where and when. And um, just a few more details on this. Uh, who did you meet with and where? When? What jobs? Give um, us some more. The more you give, the more steps you get to take away. You want to play-by-play? I met with this Hellion character. He approached me, first with one of his underlings, a crazed, drug-addled-looking feller. Did you know his name? No, he did not give me a name. Probably dead at this point, for all I know. Okay. I feel like an organization of theirs has a lot of turnover. And he brought me to this Hellion, this character. I was not... I was immediately uneased upon meeting him. He was deranged. But I've learned to work with... The mentally unstable before, they can be useful. They, ha they sometimes, like yourself, are able to operate without remorse. And what did this deranged man look like? I did not see. He wore that stupid helmet. They wore the helmets at all times? He did. And his drug addict friend? He looked like any other drug addict. Human, 20 years old. But Most of them seem around that age. Yeah, that is what drug addicts look like. Um... <laughs> And you worked with them on smuggling jobs? Well, I worked with them on one job, and I wouldn't even call it that. I was betrayed almost immediately. I wanted them to blow up a corporate building that was working with the Yakuza. Seemed like I could work to their ends and work to my ends, fuck over the Yakuza, and give these as Hellions a corporate target. Uh, as he's talking, I'm a DNI mouse. Um, mouse. Please call Pretty Bee because I don't want to leave any questions unasked and I don't want to call him, of course, because he's annoyed by me or something. Um, so could you just call him really quick and ask him if he has any questions? I message Pretty Bee and I say, um, have Mikhail in our care. Do you have any questions? And I give him a bulleted list of what we already have learned. That's good. Okay. Uh, you send that message out. It takes you a little bit of time. He finishes talking as you're typing it up and sending it. And this man, this, this hellion, it turned out he was more mad than I expected. And he was just out to destroy whatever he could get his hands on. Destroy me, destroy the Yakuza, destroy the corporations. It doesn't seem to matter to him as long as he gets to destroy, to, to gain more power, maybe? I'm not sure. I couldn't quite get a beat on him. No response from Pretty B. Does anyone else have anything? I, I DNI, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> no, don't. I DNI back, please, no. I, I actually motion to you. No, don't. So we'll let you go. If you come for Boomer or send anybody after him ever again, all this data I have, including your confession that I just recorded, 
because I did record you it. You did record it. Um, I will send it everywhere. I will make things that implicate your family, your wife, your adult children. <laughs> and I will make sure that the Vori know that you've betrayed them. But if you go and you tell no one, your secret's safe with us. And just one quick question. So your sort of this bond you've put into Boomer, um, this bond of honor, it's a it's a very wide thing, yes? When the people who come for you will be sort of following this code? He grins. No. The Vori will kill you outright if they want. Oh, and also your dogs and children? There are men that will do that. Good, that saves me a bit of work. Oh, we're done here. Do we have an accord? I see now that grudges against Boomer are too expensive. I'll let you go for now, Boomer. Forever. I uh, straddle his lap, facing him, <laughs> and I put my hands on his cheeks. <laughs> oh, Mikhail. Mikhail, Mikhail, Mikhail. I kind of jostle his head around a little bit. Give him a little slap on the cheek. These people are way too nice. It's a shame that I have to do this, that I have to break their promise. I have to break my own promise. I pull out the inhaler out of my pocket. You've made too many bad memories to just let you leave. You're not leaving here alive. Remember the time when I baked you a birthday cake? <laughs> and you beat me and locked me in my room because it wasn't good enough? It was never good enough, no matter how hard I tried. I just wasted ingredients. <laughs> or when you'd lock me in my room for punishment. <laughs> I didn't have any toys growing up. All I had were my guns. They're the only things I could trust, could talk to. They're the only things that kept me sane, relatively. All I ever wanted was family. <laughs> and you could have provided that. But I was just the only. You all might want to leave for this. <laughs> you take and, uh, it off the inhaler? Yep, and I push the chair over, and I punch him, and again, and again, and again. I... I just keep punching. Yeah, so um, I don't know a lot, but I can recognize that this is something I don't want to see, and I grab Kashmir by the back of his sweater. I, I <laughs> and resist. And pull him along. I watch... No, don't. You, you can't resist my arm. It's stronger than you It is, are. actually. <laughs> I, I, I say no, Mouse. Stop. I'm leaving. Yeah, it's not fun when someone big is beating on you, is it? I'm leaving. I leave. <laughs> I, uh, How's that pain, huh? I cut off the I visual. No one's coming to save and, uh, you. I cut the visual and the audio of the DNI. If they need me, they can text me. <laughs> okay. I do the same thing. Cashmere, uh, you watch as Boomer beats this man into a bloody pulp with his bare hands. It doesn't take much. He's really strong. <laughs> I, I get in the Valkyrie unit and cry a little. <laughs> I, uh, I'll, I'll come out of uh, spot and get out of the rigor cocoon and just kind of look back at Mouse. And, uh, that, uh, that turned rather quickly, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to just go get some... Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
We go find some soy soy ice cream. <laughs> some soy cream. Yeah. <laughs> and what happens downstairs? Uh, Boomer hey, beats sobbing, this. Yeah. Go ahead, Boomer. Boomer continues to punch this pulp on the ground. And uh, he finally stops and he doesn't get up. He just continues to sit there and continues to sob. Boomer lose one karma. Yep. Does he look like he's worn himself out? Yep. I walk up and put a hand on his back. He breaks down even further. I, like, make the motion one does to sort of pick someone up, just to sort of, you know, like, guide someone together. Right, because you can't physically pick him up. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> and I, I give Boomer a big hug. He, uh, he accepts it. Oh, the closest family I've ever had. You actually give a direct about me. We you actually care what happens to me. Absolutely, Boomer. Absolutely, I've never I had that before. Me neither. That's why I left the Valkyrie. That's why I left Japan. It's, it sucks being used. I'm glad we have each other now. And that's where we'll end tonight's session. <laughs> that's good radio right there. Oh, fuck. <laughs> This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions, all rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by the Tops Company Incorporated. Shadowrun is a trademark of the Tops Company Incorporated, all rights reserved. Go to www.shadowruntabletop.com for more information.